All right. Hey, thanks for stopping in at Brian for Liberty. Um, got a fun show, I think, today. Um, we got Kyle Kalinske and Ben Shapiro obviously disagreeing over some things. Uh, one's coming at it from the far left. The other's coming at it from the far right. And as is often the case, when you come at things from one political extreme, uh, you're probably wrong. Uh, and they both get to take turns being wrong today. But the first clip I find uh, particularly amusing, and here it is. Benjamin Shapiro. He, uh... I guess my question would be, why mispronounce Ben Shapiro's name? Are you acting like he is not one of the most popular speakers in the country? Is this kind of a big britches move that uh, makes you feel or appear to be uh, a bigger celebrity or a bigger personality uh, content creator than Ben Shapiro is? It just seems like a silly move, and really, it just kind of takes away credibility um, from the rest of the uh, from the rest of the show. But uh, here's where he gets into his disagreement with uh, Mr. Shapiro. He uh. He lost it on workers who are still out there during the pandemic doing their thing. Um, he's not happy with the workers who are demanding more. Okay, the fact is that striking in a time of pandemic, not because of bad worker pay, but because you just want more money. I'm sorry, everyone else lost their job. Everyone else lost their damn job. Okay, like... If I were Amazon and I had the capacity, I'd fire everybody who strikes right now, and I'd bring in workers who are willing to work. And uh, what you're seeing here, or what Ben Shapiro is saying here, is that if Amazon had the capacity, and what that means is Amazon does not have the capacity because conditions in the marketplace have made their, these people's labor significantly more valuable. So you have to pay them. They're not asking for permanency, okay? They're asking for uh, a temporary response due to extraordinary circumstances. In this case, uh, you gotta recognize that there is something unusual taking place and that these people's labor has increased in value in the market and it needs to be addressed. And I don't think that they're being unreasonable at asking for more pay here. Now, of course, Kyle goes off on a little rant about the employees being forced to work in an environment with other sick people. That's not necessarily accurate. Obviously, these people are not drafted in the military service. They are at-will employees. And as such, they are certainly free to leave Amazon and go seek employment elsewhere. Amazon is not the only distributor, is not the only company that's running warehouses right now that have a shortage of employees. UPS is hiring, FedEx is hiring, all these different companies, Target, Walmart, in their distribution centers, they're all hiring pretty heavily to meet this increased shipping demand that's taking place right now. So uh, to say they're forced to work in this environment is, is a little disingenuous. Uh, we do get to something a little bit more realistic um, down the road, but here is, um, Here's another thing uh, from Mr. Shapiro where we disagree. You're asking for double pay in the midst of a pandemic because you know that those employees are necessary in order to make sure that the old people get their food. And what's happening here is uh, he's fundamentally admitting that these people are, are a critical part of the supply chain. Uh, he's saying they are critical in order to get food to old people. So yes, the multi-billion dollar corporation that's seeing a massive surge in business due to these circumstances should absolutely pay these people who are critical to the supply chain more money to keep them working. Amazon's making more money. It's not unreasonable to look at the employees and say these employees should also be making more money. I don't mind that Amazon's a multi-billion dollar corporation. I don't mind that Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world or one of the richest men in the world. None of that bothers me. I want Amazon to make as much money as they possibly can. But in a crisis situation, 
you have to acknowledge that these employees are critical. They are serving a very important role. There are people depending on them and they should be compensated for that. That's just the way it is. The problem is, and the re what you need to do in order to understand that is you have to understand that price gouging in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. And some of the other comments that were made in this, in this exchange, uh, we talked about, Ben Shapiro talked about price gouging. Let me give you an example of why price gouging isn't necessarily a terrible thing. Let's say I'm running a convenience store in Florida, okay? So I'm running this convenience store and we're heading into hurricane season. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run out and I'm going to stock up on perishables going into hurricane season where we may see significant increased demand for certain products. I'm taking a risk as a business and I'm giving an unusually high amount of my storage capacity to products that I know if we don't hit a surge, I'm gonna have to sell these products at potentially at a loss to get them out to free up that space. Uh, I'm counting on this surge in demand that happens seasonally to occur and the reason I'm doing that is because I feel that during these surges in demand, I'm going to be allowed to raise prices to increase the profitability of these products. Now, the first thing I know a lot of you out there are saying is this is terrible. You shouldn't be looking at a crisis situation as an opportunity to create higher profits. That's fair. That's an understandable criticism, but let's take a look at how that works in the real world. If I don't have the ability to make a higher profit on certain products when demand surges, then I'm not going to overstock those products. When that demand surges, then I will have a shortage. That's what wage and price controls do. Price controls create shortages. If you tell a business they're not allowed to raise pricing to meet demand, they're not gonna overstock products because they're not gonna be able to, even if they can perceive that there may be a surge, even if there's a good reason to think that there's gonna be a surge in demand, you're telling them in advance they're not gonna be able to profit off of that, they will maintain normal levels and they won't prep in advance for an emergency. Now, obviously with the pandemic we're going through, we didn't see this coming, there wouldn't have been this surge in uh, the surge of demand wasn't seen. We didn't see it coming. And so obviously we didn't stock overstock our shelves, but in general price gouging it's in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing because it causes businesses to overstock on things that they could see coming when there's potentially going to be an emergency situation, which creates um, everybody gets an opportunity to buy these products. That's where price gouging, the second part of this is not only does it allow these small businesses to overstock, it also allows them to raise prices so that customer A in a panic, in a fear-driven buying frenzy, doesn't buy six months supply of toilet paper, hand sanitizer, in the case of a hurricane type area, overbuying gas or bottled water, perishable food items. So they have to look at that and they raise the cost when the cost is raised, they have to look at that and say, okay, well, this should get us through. I have to make a financial decision. I can't just frenzy buy as much as I possibly can. That allows that bottle of water to be sitting on the shelf, that perishable food item to be sitting on the shelf when the next customer comes along. You could be angry at the elevated price of a bottle of water, but you should also be very happy that that bottle of water is there and available for you. And price gouging, raising prices, price gouging is... Price gouging is simply saying, I'm going to raise prices in response to demand. It's just the market functioning properly. So um, anyway, here's the next little next little thing from Ben Shapiro. He said this before and it kind of just kind of jumped out at me. Hazard pay of double the current hourly wage for employees who show up to work during the pandemic. You want your pay doubled just for showing up to work? 
while everyone else in the country is out of work? So real quick, everyone in the country didn't lose their job. Uh, and double wages may be unrealistic, but Amazon needs to come and sit down uh, at the table with these people and work with them to get things, this things um, going. But as is typical, somebody from the far end, left end, is also going to say things that are not in the realm of reality. And here we go with Kyle. You almost got it. You almost got it, Ben. Now take it a step further here. If the workers are necessary, okay, but Ben doesn't like how the workers are treating the owners. But you just said the workers are necessary. So in this equation, who takes precedent? Well, by definition, the, one who, the people who are necessary take precedent over the ones who are unnecessary. Uh, so this is ridiculous leftist nonsense, uh, whereas credibility kind of goes right out the window. I, I, like I said, I, I hadn't really heard of him before. I didn't watch a ton of YouTube. I'm not taking a shot at uh, this guy. He's obviously a much bigger... Uh, content provider is a much bigger channel than I do. So I'm not, I just hadn't heard. So I didn't know where he really stood uh, prior to watching this. So the thing that gets me on this one is he thinks that owners and executives are hanging out by their pools all day. And I've got bad news for you, Kyle. The business needs the executives who are managing global supply lines, who are managing retail deals, uh, who are operating a global business, navigating international law and making deals to keep things moving. They need the guy putting a box on the shelf too but let's not pretend the owners and executives are not needed, okay? You can't take, I can't take the guy putting a box on the shelf and say, hey, go deal with these six international uh, companies and their trade laws and get a deal going so that we can keep the supply chains going. These guys aren't just lounging around all day. Their job is incredibly critical. They are definitely needed. There's a reason that they're compensated in the way that they are. So let's stop with the leftist, these executives and owners, they're just lounging around by the pool and on their yachts all day. That's a ridiculous leftist theory. It's garbage and it eliminated any credibility you may have built up by being correct earlier, which you weren't really correct. It was more about Ben Shapiro being incorrect, but, um, and then here is always part. Right. Yeah. That's what leftists are saying. Maybe the people who work in the factory should own the factory. That's it. It's actually not that extreme. It's called a worker-owned co-op. There's plenty, plenty of examples of it um, in the past and then around the world today. Um, and it's not... That's what's called market socialism. And another way of describing it is democracy in the workplace. Part two... And this is the full leftist. We're going to show up after. This is what gets me about this thing is that we're going to do is we're going to show up after. We like to show up after the risk has been taken, after the capital has been invested, after the business is up and the proofing is done and we are profitable. You know what? This should now be an employer-owned uh, workplace so that it's a democratic workplace, it's market socialism, whatever you want to call it. Nobody wants a market socialism uh, approach to starting a business because in the leftist mind, you must walk out into the middle of a field with a business seed, drop it, put a little water on it, and a factory grows. That's not how it works. It takes risk and capital and tons of hours and tons of it, all the things that it takes to build a successful business, working 120 hours a week, risking your, your financial stability, your financial future, um, on an idea that you came up with, if once that's all built and it's all successful and everything's in place, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we want to be a 
a democratically ran workplace, but nobody wants a democratically started business. So that really gets on my nerves. I think that's a very typical um, leftist response to disagreements between labor and management, and it shouldn't be the blueprint response because it's it's a silly response. I'm not saying that. I, look, I know businesses that are large businesses that are operated this way. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that shouldn't just be your go-to answer. Is this employee-owned enterprises? So. Anyway, this this little uh, disagreement between these two guys just these this video just uh, these two videos just happened to pop out at me, and I wanted to uh, comment on them. Um, we're going to be doing a show on the podcast. I will, as usual, I'll put this out on the podcast. But I'm also going to be doing a show on the podcast about uh, preventing financial catastrophe in a crisis like this, and what needs to be done, and the things that you're not being taught to keep yourself and to get yourself in a position where you can actually prepare for a crisis. Um, like this, uh, loss of employment, um, the things that are going on right now, and why you're being taught to the exact opposite of what you need to do to actually prepare for these kinds of situations. So I hope you'll check out the podcast. I should have that one up here in the next day or two. I will get this one up this evening. And uh, thank you very much for stopping by. And as always, we will see you next time.